Good morning. Are we all? You okay? Excellent. Good. Let's pray, shall we? Jesus, we thank you that you are the risen King Jesus. We thank you that you're just not a historical figure, although you are that too. Lord, we thank you that you're Jesus who is God. You're Jesus who rose from the dead. You're Jesus who is alive today in his church. You're Jesus who changes lives. You're Jesus who sets us free. You're Jesus who forgives us our sins. You're Jesus who gives us new purpose. And you're Jesus who's with us now. Jesus, we welcome you. We pray, would you lead us this morning? We gather not just to be with one another. We gather to be with you. And we welcome you. And I just pray, God, would you speak to each and every one this morning? Just in a moment's quiet, just want you to ask that prayer of God. Say, God, speak to me today. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's continue. I want to talk about, uh, as our Vision Sunday, we do this from time to time, probably once a year mostly, when we talk about where we feel God has been leading us and where we believe God is leading us to next. And we've been sharing numbers of things over the last couple of months, and I'm going to attempt to bring some of those things together and talk about how we move forward. Much of what the uh, big items you'll be aware of, uh, already, I trust some of you will not, I, I guess, but also want to talk about what we feel God is uh, drawing us to together as we move forward. I've called this morning, Come and Join Us. Come and join us. And I want to look at Numbers 10, which is a period in the story of the people of God uh, when originally the people of God started just as a family. And God has now taken this family, brought them through tremendous battles and tremendous uh, successes as well as challenges. And now they number something like two million people. And in fact, Numbers 10 is, is one of those chapters in the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, which is a real turning point chapter. It's a real moment when, when the people of God, God step up and, and respond to a number of things that has happened to them. And in some respects, in the past, they've been a They've been a bit of a loose rabble, but now they're becoming an army. Uh, And it's a wonderful turning point moment, a turning point chapter, which I feel has much to say to us today as as the people of God uh, in our setting. So Numbers 10 we're going to read, and uh, the the words will be on the screen. I'm actually not going to read every verse because uh, it's a very long chapter, but I'm just going to pull out different verses which will give us... Uh, the thread of this moment when God's people began to move together. Uh, Numbers 10, starting from verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, who was the leader of the people of God at that time, make two trumpets of hammered silver and use them for calling the community together. They're working on it. Two minutes? I tell you what. Listen really closely. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses. See, I'm, I'm encouraged already. Okay. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, make two trumpets of hammered silver and use them for calling the community together and for the camps 
to set out. They set out this time at the Lord's command through Moses. The divisions of camp of Judah went first under their standard. Nashon, son of Aminadab, was in command. Then to verse 17. Then the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, was taken down. And the Gershonites and the Merorites who carried it, they set out. Then the Kohathites, but you're glad I'm reading this, right? (laughs) Then the Kohathites set out, carrying the holy things. The tabernacle was to be set up before they arrived. Verse 25. Finally, as the rear guard for all the units, the divisions of the camp of Dan set out under their standard. Ahizah, son of Amishadai, was in command. To verse 28. This was the order of march for the Israelites' divisions as they set out. It's a great moment, isn't it? So all, all the groups, all the tribes are being gathered, and there's this moment, they're in the front, they're in the rear. Now they're going to set out. Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Raul the Midianite, who was Moses' father-in-law. He said to him, we are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give to you. Come with us and we will do you good. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. He answered, no, I will not go. I'm going back to my own land and my own people. To verse 31. But Moses said, please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the wilderness. And you can be our eyes. If you come with us, whatever good the Lord does for us, we will do for you. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and travelled for three days. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. So here we have The community, this group, this gathering, God's people, the community of God's people are about to embark on a journey. And Moses turns to his father-in-law. In In fact, it's like he happens to come across his father-in-law. This is someone he obviously knew, that they knew, someone who they associated with. And he said to them, why don't you join us? Come with us. Where do you good? Come and join us. It's a great... Invitation. In fact, it, it's, it, it's a parallel with, with what we do. We, as a church, as the living church, we, we offer that invitation all the time. Come with us. Come and join us. We invite people to come to be a part of the purposes of God with us. A couple of weeks ago, I was 
uh, eating out myself and Dawn. And my brother actually was up with his wife from London. My brother, Steve, leads a church in, in London. And we, we were uh, eating and, and having some quite fun and banter with, with the waitress. And there came a moment when my brother turned to the waitress, realized that Steve obviously knows you know, we're both pastors. And he said, to, he said to the waitress, what do you think we both do? We do the same job. And she, and she looked at us and thought, hmm. I think you're dentists. <laughs> it's the smile. It's the smile, isn't it? And uh, we laughed and said, no, I'm not dentists. And she was, it was a great fun. And she said, are you architects? I don't know why she thought that. I said, no, you never guess what. We're, we're both church leaders. She said, no way. Okay. Um, it sounds like we've been outrageous all night. But, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, I very simply said, you know, we, we meet in Dover Crescent. Come and join us anytime you like. And then we moved on and we ordered another drink, I think. That's our invitation all the time is, come with us. Come and join us. Come and be a part of this journey. In fact, it's not really come to us. It's come with us. You see, we are on a journey that touches nations. In fact, thank you, Ruth. In fact, every believer is called to be part of the way, if you like. In fact, that's how in the New Testament church used to describe themselves. They described themselves as the people of the way. They were going somewhere. Jesus said, I am the way. And so this theme is picked up throughout the Bible. We're a community on a journey, and we say, come with us. But just imagine that conversation that uh, Moses had with Hobab, his father-in-law. I would imagine that uh, Hobab might have had some questions he would want to ask of them. Maybe if someone came on your doorstep and said, look, come with us. You may want to ask a few questions. Uh, and I want to ask a few questions. If you like, think about what questions Hobab might have asked Moses and apply those questions to our setting today and just allow us to begin to think, right, what, what does this look like? What is this invitation that Moab has? But what invitation therefore do we have so question number one is this who are you perfect timing who are you it's interesting that these two million people their roots all go back to one guy a guy called Abraham God called a man called Abraham. He was a pagan. Uh, he wasn't uh, uh, seeking after God. He was uh, not someone who believed in God. But God appeared to him. And he said to Abraham, I will bless you. And through your offspring, through your descendants, I will bless all the families of the earth. This was God's plan. Full of mercy, full of compassion. He wanted to bless the whole world. And he did it by coming to one person, became one family, but it was to reach the families of the world. And as Abraham believed, we're told, he also was given a world vision. You see, our faith, our Christianity as we understand it, isn't this individual relationship with God, it's just me and a father who loves me, although he does. It's actually as we believe in God, we're caught up in something which is global. It's not even Bedford, but it is Bedford. 
It's the world. It's, it's, it's the promise to Abraham. And so the who are you to Abraham would be, well, to Moses would be, well, my, my history is in Abraham. And he lived with a promise and we're now living with that promise, Moses would say, that the nations will be blessed. And then, of course, we carry that promise too as we are also sons and daughters of Abraham and sons and daughters of his promise. There's other things that, that of course, could be said about their story, about who are they. There are people that know what it means to, to have salvation, to ha- have a, a, a freedom from, from a place where once they knew slavery. So these were the people that were slaves in Egypt. If, you, if you've ever seen, it depends how old you are, it depends what movie you've seen. If you've seen The Prince of Egypt... Okay, okay, they're the younger ones, maybe. If you, if you see Moses and the Ten Commandments, it might be a different, different demographic. I've seen both, so I don't mind. But you know the story, the, the, the people of God were, were, were in captivity, they were slaves, and God set them free. And so there's many aspects to their story that Moses could draw from. Who are they? They're people with promises. They're people with a story of salvation. They're people a story of deliverance. What other questions could be asked? What about this one? Well, where are you going? Where are you going? It's interesting in Exodus 15, when the people of God came through the Red Sea after they'd left Egypt, uh, Moses sang a song. It's in, uh, as I say, Exodus 15. Moses sang a song. It's, and it's a mix of a song of worship, a song celebrating the deliverance they just experienced. But it's also a prophetic song. It talks about that God was going to give them a land. It was, there was an inheritance. There, there was a land of milk and honey, which was figuratively speaking, of course. But it was a, there was a promised land, a, pro, a physical territory for the Jewish people. Now, of course, God is also saying more than that for the people of Israel, that actually he was saying that there's a promise that they, they would uh, bless the families of the earth, but there was a, a strip of land, a territory, that God was encouraging them to inherit. And there's a moment in their story when they think about where they're going, when in Numbers 13, when spies went out to see what this land was like. And then they returned and the majority of the spies said, there's giants in the land. This, this is going to be difficult. God's saying, I'm giving it to you, but then he, we've got to go and take it. So first there is this land, then there's the nations. And of course this language speaks very much in parallel to us when Jesus said to us, go and make disciples of all nations. And so God's call to the people of God in the Old Testament to go to the nations and inherit the land is language that we can identify with. And so we've been talking about multiplying into the west of the town, haven't we? Into the Great Demon, Bromham, Wood, Wooten, Kempston, all that sort of side of the town. We've also recently, some of you may have heard, we've talked about God stirring us about maybe planting something into the Rushton, the Wellingborough area, an area that's really on my heart. I know Dave Devnish and I have tried to plant churches in there. Three times we've tried, and we've never seen. It's like there's, there's giants. 
There's giants out there pushing us back. We also feel, also feel God is saying to us that although Woodside has been known and is known for reaching the nations, predominantly through David Demnish's ministry, but some others too, but mostly through David's ministry, for God is saying to us that now is the time to feel a sense of ownership together for the nations in a fresh way. And uh, not only are we beginning to talk about planting something into the West or maybe into Russian Wellenborough, we're beginning to say, well, why not plant churches in other nations of the world? Wow, that's a big vision. But this is a big vision. It's interesting, once we started talking in those terms, I think three families have come to us and said, you know, one day we feel God is going to send us to a nation. And they've named a nation. And we're thinking, okay. In fact, when we talked about Russian Wellingbar, since I've mentioned that, I've had people come to me and say, do you know, I'm thinking of moving there. Are you? I'd love to be part of something. But you know, I also want to say this morning, and I want to be real with one another, that what we feel God is leading us in has challenge about it. If you like, you know, we could look at the journey ahead and we could say there's, there's some giants out there there's, there's some things that will be a challenge to you and a challenge to me my, my, I mentioned my brother Steve he leads a church in London it's a large church in London and they have three sites I think seven meetings on a Sunday morning and he said to me he said Mark he said do you know this would be the most demanding time for you for me as a leader in leading what they call a multi-site church. He says it's so demanding. It's so much easier when you're all in one setting, one location. And I thought, and I came to a moment, I'll be honest, a few months ago, I thought to myself, do I really want to do this? (laughs) Honestly. It's going to cost. Steve then went on to say that, you know, your team are going to be stretched like they've never been stretched before. You know, blessed Debs is going to oversee worship. Three meetings on two sides. How on earth are you going to do that, Debs? <laughs> I mean, you are Wonder Woman, I know, but uh, <laughs> is that a really un-PC thing to say? But. Or, or youth with Hannah and, or whatever. We think, and we're really excited by this, around 100 of our, 100 of our folk are going to go west. Isn't that fantastic? I think it's about 85 at the moment, but that last 15, by the end of this morning, I'm believing. Because <laughs> I know it's a cost. Some of you are moving, have moved. Some of you won't see people that you've seen before. I mean, you take 50 people out of this meeting and out of the next meeting, we're going to notice it, aren't we? I want us to be real with what God's asking us to do and, and not be all victorioric. This is victorioric and, 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 and this is going to be easier and we're all going to turn up on Sunday mornings and and think this is amazing. Now we're going to talk on Sunday mornings and think, where is everyone? Where's my friend? Where's my children's friend? But you know, the other thing that I've gone through is I've reminded myself, or God's been reminding me of things that God's done in my life. And so Dawn and I used to be based at a church in St. Nitz called Open Door. And we were part of a church plant there. We actually moved from Bedford. Our children, our daughters were eight and six. We moved them out of school, moved them to Bedford. Uh, moving to St. Nitz from Bedford. And then we stayed there for a number of years. And so there's a cost going to be part of that church plant, big cost. And we saw that church grow. And out of that one church, 
We planted into Luton. We planted into St Ives. Within 18 months, which nearly killed us, but there you go, within 18 months. Then we planted into Biggleswade, one church. And then those three church plants have planted into Dunstable, St Ives, no, Kings Lynn, thank you, and Leicester. And so out of Open Door Church, in a little market town just down the road, if you include Open Door, seven churches have been established. And I've bumped into people that have been saved and joined those churches. One lad called George, who did impact training last year. You know, we've seen the four guys up here this morning. A lad called George did impact training last year. His family came to Christ in Biggleswade. He then went with the church plant to Leicester. And then he's done an impact training year. He's a worship leader. He's an amazing young man. That was, that's, his story was, is part of this story. Do you understand? So we have big challenge. But of course, we want to be those that say yes to God. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, though I wasn't here, I've listened to it. Uh, a speaker from India called Vinu, if those of you heard him, he prophesied an interesting thing, what I wanted to mention. He said that God was going to do things in the next three years that he hasn't done over the past 30 years. Now that's a, that's a big, you know, what on earth does that mean? Do you know one of the things that I believe it means? is it's talking as much about individually as it means corporately. So this is, how, this is how I've been processing. I think God's going to do in some of us, some of you, things in the next three years that you haven't seen in the last 30. Yeah. Do you understand? So I don't think it's necessarily that... Because the last 30 years has been quite a story for Woodside, if you think. You know, we've gone to the nations through David's ministry, but I feel there's an individual... Response that God wants to do more in your life in the next three years than you've seen him do in the last 30. I think there's some of those promises in it. As I've prayed into that, I've, I've felt. Now, of course, that affects the, us together. But it makes me think, wow, if I'm willing to step in to all that God has for me. We're also called, aren't we, to be a community. They were a community of people. In fact, we look in the New Testament, we, we see that people were saved and they were added to the church. They were added. And the community we want to build is a community of word and spirit. In fact, one of the things that we felt as we've walked this last few months is we felt that we want to strengthen who we are in the spirit. We, we, we passionately believe in the word. We believe in the gifts of spirit, baptism of spirit. We're given space for ministry, of course. But we just felt God was saying you need to be stronger in that as you multiply. And one thing that we have therefore done is we've asked uh, a good friend, a good friends actually, Adrian and Corrine Horner, uh, who are based in Kettering. We've asked Adrian to come and join this team just for this next year and then we'll see what God wants to do next. Join on a day a week and Adrian's going to be involved in helping us. He's a recognised prophet, Ephesians 4 prophet. In fact, we were to, he was with us and they were with us yesterday with our community group leaders. And it was fantastic having him lead us and prophesy. In fact, I'd like Adrian to come and introduce himself to you so you begin to get to know him. So would you welcome Adrian Horner, please? Hi, hi. Thanks, Martin. Thank you, dear friends in Woodside. Isn't it great that God sets us up for blessing? 
You are a blessing to Corinne and I, and we want to say thank you, Dawn and uh, Martin, Tim and Catherine, people we know well, Dave D and Sil, they have been a blessing, and uh, that's carrying on. So I'm really thrilled with this connection, but it's not just a friendship one. Uh, just praying yesterday, I said, God is joining our hearts in the spirit. Isn't that great? That's part of this story. It's not just, oh, I'll tag along. Uh, actually, something happens when you give yourself to the vision. And I, we're really excited, Corinne and I, this vision for North, uh, East North Ants and the top part of beds. Martin's burning with that and hanging around with him, it starts to catch. It's starting to catch. So I say, Lord, as we came this one, Lord, do something in that area. There are thousands of people, about 30,000 people or so. But also this whole sense of the spirit, life in the spirit. It's, if you cut me through, it's just the presence of God. It's like written on a stick of rock. Just think that. So if you hang around and we're hanging around, actually we believe God's going to do something. Because this church is alive and it's moving. But it's really important that it keeps growing in life in the spirit. So that's something uh, we want to do. So we want to serve the leadership teams and your teams we may may meet from time to time. And just see a release in the prophetic. There's going to be a training day coming up on Saturday the 13th of October. As many of you um, would like to come, a stirring and equipping and growing in the prophetic. Um, Because it's your inheritance to hear the Father. And then it's your privilege to speak and prophesy, and work, and life, and uh, so we want, to, we want to stir that up. But um, also, uh, give me a microphone, I just felt provoked, and, uh, <laughs> and so we're going to pray a little bit later, but you know in Ezekiel 37, there's a picture where the prophet prophesies to bones in a field, and then they come together with some flesh, and then he says, and God says, prophesy that the spirit, the breath, comes on those bones, and it says uh, then in Ezekiel that as he did so, they stood up a mighty army. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm a body now filled with the Spirit. It was, we are a body, and we're an army. And I feel like something that I want to pray, God, impart your Spirit, not on a skeleton. You're not bones and no, lying. In the field. God has already joined. You have some great leaders that I've been shaping. But may God fill you with uh, the bones and the body to become a mighty army. Because yeah. doesn't this world, doesn't Bedford, doesn't Northamptonshire, doesn't it need armies? So maybe this thing, what are you joining? Hey, you're joining a people on the move because God is on the move and he's sending you. So why don't you just say, God, would you fill me? What would your life look like with the breath of God filling it? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Fantastic. Martin's preaching, so I'll let him carry on. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it great? Let me just check my notes if there's anything else I was going to say. Yeah, God's spirit is uh, moving in this place. And, you know, there was a guy in, the, in that Jesus met who was a cripple by the pool waiting for it to be stirred. But God has come, not just through me, but God has come to stir and lift you too and awaken you. So God has come to, actually the cripple didn't need to get in the water. God says, get up. He came to him. God yeah. says to you and I, get up. You're an army. Yeah. Hey, be an army. Let rivers flow in the desert, Lord. Let your spirit come. Come on. Let your spirit come. And then last, just finish with this other verse from two kings. Tucked away in the Bible, there's a book called Two Kings and Two Kings 19. Thank goodness for these tablets that can whiz fast. 2 Kings 19. There's a promise. This will be a sign for you, Hezekiah. 
And it's a three-year promise. This year, you will eat what grows by itself. There's a natural thing of growing, and it's happening. In the second year, what springs from that is a multiplication. In the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. So I just want to speak that over you. Woodside, eat what grows by itself. God is growing some amazing food and doing a great work. In the second year, see what springs from that in your lives, in your family, in your group, in the church. In the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. That's where this church is going. Come along and they'll do you good. It's amazing how often this three-year thing keeps coming up. We found when we met as a team back in April, we began to dream some dreams, and we said, "Well, let's dream some dreams for the next three years." And it all went, all went crazy. Okay. Thirdly and finally, this may be a question that Moses might be asked: What happens if I join? What happens if I join? Where do I fit in? Now, first he said, I don't think I will, as we know. But he said he needed some persuasion. And Moses said to him, he said, you know where we should camp. You know the territory. He said, you can be as eyes for us. So it's not just a come and join and sort of get along the back of the line. You know, it's nice to have you, but, you know, you're there. It's actually, no, 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 you have a contribution to make. It's come and join and find the part that God has for you because we need you. One of the highlights of the day yesterday at our community group leaders, the new leaders, uh, was uh, one of the leaders got baptised only in the last 12 months. Isn't that fantastic? And so one leader is, 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 is now not only a part of us, but they're now finding their place. And this is very New Testament. This is about being a body joined together. This is about finding our part to play. In fact, Terry Vogel writes, maybe we are not fully joined until we have found what's the part that we are meant to play. I was been talking to a number of people recently and uh, hearing some remarkable stories, uh, hearing of our Connections group, which is now running effectively a mini-alpha for a number of the people that they're, they're working with. So they've got a, commu- a connection reaching out into the community. For many that come to that, they've got a community group, and now they're running an alpha course or a, a, a version of that. I, I was talking to another group leader, and they're looking to run an alpha course in their group. I was talking to some people involved in the West, and I understand we've got a chip shop in Great Denham, which has a, a table set up and a, and a survey that we're giving out, saying, would you please fill in the survey for Woodside Church? In fact, we went to a local school in Great Denham and they're now going to email the survey to all the the parents because we're we're asking, how can we serve you as a community? It's wonderful to hear what God's doing. I heard in our local doctor surgery, they've asked us to do some what's called social prescribing. And so we are now getting involved in seeing how we can bless and serve people who are going into a local GP. And actually, the, the issue is maybe loneliness or, or emotional hurt. It's not give us another pill. It's, it's no, we can help that. We can, maybe they need a job. Maybe it's self-esteem. Maybe we, there's things that we can do. But of course, this needs everyone to, to say, okay, well, what part do I play? Where can I lead? What can I do? Now, please hear me. I know that so many of you, if not nearly all of you, serve so, so hard here. 
And so this isn't, please hear me, this isn't a, a correction at all. This is actually just in agreement with you. We need to find our place. And if you are new to us, we want to encourage you uh, that you can be eyes for us. You can find your place. And you can find the way God has made you. We don't want to clone you. We don't want to say it's only our way. We want to, want to find out how God has stirred you so you can be a part of what he's calling us to do together. So, the message is come and join us. It's come with us. And it's join. And it's, and it's a message that says we, we got a sense of where we've come from. We know the story, but also we got a sense of where God is calling us. And, it's, and we know there's challenges. There, there are giants, if you like. But we believe God is with us. In fact, you could ask a, a fourth question, which we don't have time. It's, well, why are we so confident? Well, the answer is because God's with us. We believe God's with us. God has spoken to us. We wouldn't do this. I don't want to do this. This is going to cause me stress. You know? I don't want to do this in, the, in one sense. But God has spoken. And that's good enough for all of us. Amen?